This is Conversations with Corliss, the leadership podcast that gives you real and authentic advice that can help you change your life for the better. Here we will listen to stories and have conversations with people who are just like you, people who are chasing their dreams and making them happen. Your host Corliss is a modern day purpose-driven leader. As an entrepreneur, she has developed a multi-million dollar business, leading thousands of people to discover their potential and reach their personal goals, all while balancing the responsibilities of raising her three children. She is a powerful, inspirational speaker, a certified success principles coach, and the founder and CEO of Corliss Co. Consulting Incorporated. Hi everyone, this is Conversations with Corliss, a real leadership podcast. Here we will talk about all the things it takes to bravely lead the life you deserve. Welcome to the conversation. You may have guessed it, my name is Corliss and I'm so glad you are here. I love hanging out with people who are motivated to be more and do more. It's exciting to be surrounded by positive people who want to grow and live to their full potential. I know that's you or you wouldn't have landed here. My goal in bringing you this podcast is to help you take control of your life, to rise up and be all you can be. Thank you for spending some time with me today. This episode is brought to you by Hope Hair Recovery and Scalp Clinic, Saskatchewan's premier destination for all your hair loss and scalp needs. Are you tired of not feeling like yourself? Have you been self-conscious about the dandruff on your shoulders or can you see that your hair is thinning out? Hope Hair Recovery's team of dedicated experts will provide you with the most effective, safe and innovative products for your individual hair loss and scalp needs, many of which are exclusive to Hope Hair Recovery. Our hair is the crown that we never take off and at Hope Hair Recovery, they will provide you with the safe, specialized and effective products you need in order to get you looking and feeling like yourself again. Don't give up. There is hope for your hair loss and scalp needs. Connect with them at hopehairrecovery.com or follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Hair Recovery. Or of course, feel free to give them a call at 306-373-HOPE. That's 306-373-4673. This is episode 029, Ignite Your Confidence, Spark a Fearless Version of You with Janice Stone. I bet if I was to interview 10 women on one thing they would want more of, confidence would come up in the top five for most of them. We all want to be confident in who we are and how we live our lives, but how do we get there? If you're asking yourself that question, this conversation will help you. We are about to talk about five steps you can take to get there. It is said that life is a journey, but so is becoming confident. In my book, I talk about how we all come into this world whole and complete, full of love and perfect. Somewhere along the way, we lose confidence in who we are, question ourselves and doubt our abilities. Some more than others, depending on what was said to you, who was around you and what environment you grew up in. But the good news here is that because you learned how to lose confidence, you can relearn how to get it back. This is a learned behavior, and if it's missing for you right now, you can get it back. The steps today are practical things you can do to become that fearless version of yourself that you've been dying to be. As the saying goes, with confidence, you have won before you even started. Our guest today is a certified professional life coach and has worked in that field for more than two decades. Her life's been full of highs and lows, joys and hardships, and lots and lots of love. She's a proud wife, mom, stepmom, and a grandma. They are her why and bring her so much joy. Her family gave her the nickname Spitfire, and you can see it in how she works with women to move beyond where they are to become the best version of themselves. Janice is all about people and relationships, and one of her greatest passions is helping women discover their strength and uniqueness to live that boldly. Spending time with Janice is always like having coffee with a friend, and I've experienced that many times. Today, I feel like I'm inviting you to coffee by joining this conversation. Welcome to the show, Janice. I'm really thrilled that you're here to join us today, and it's been such an honor to watch your journey and to watch you evolve in confidence over the last several years, and I'm just 
honestly so excited about everybody having an opportunity to learn more about you and to get some insights from you as well. Well, thank you, Cordis. It is such a pleasure to be on and to talk with you today and such an honor to be on this podcast today. Thank you. Yeah, super fun. Almost like one more step in our journey together. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe where your confidence journey began? Love to. Thank you. Uh, my confidence journey has been just that, a journey. There wasn't one specific time that all of a sudden I became confident. It was much more of realizing that my people pleasing and enabling just was not working. And when I could stop and take time and really started looking into who was I and who was I made to be and embracing the good of in my life and different actions that I was uh, doing with the people pleasing and relationships and let go of the bad and things just started to clarify and then I could start taking those important steps to move forward into the confidence of who I was. Mm, interesting. I think you touched a really big nerve there with people pleasing. I think a lot of women that are listening to this podcast um, have experienced that at some point or another where we live for pleasing other people. Do you want to talk just a little bit more about that? Absolutely. I, I think that we very much tend to look at those that we admire and that we adore and see great things in them. And we, we have this idea that if we could just be that that we would be better, that maybe if we could be nicer, that things would work out better, that our relationships would be better, that we would be better at the things that we want to do, instead of really looking at who were we made to be and being strong in that. It sounds like you're describing seeking approval, actually, and like almost the foundation of confidence is self-love. Would that be fair to say? Oh, yes, I, I would say that. I think that uh, seeking approval is a huge part of it. I mean, that's uh, one of the big ideas of the people pleasing is trying to uh, seek that approval. I also think, though, there's a whole side of, at least for me, there was a whole side of the people pleasing of trying to make my life work in a way that was acceptable for me. So a lot of people pleasing for me was actually more um, trying to keep a lid on things and trying to avoid conflict, trying to avoid things that I didn't want to have happen. And it didn't work. It doesn't work because we can never be good enough for anybody else by how we act. We need to know who we are and act out of the strength of that. That's where the confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. it, it sounds to me like that's what, because that's why it's a journey. Confidence is actually a journey um, you know, to step into that because as you learn more about yourself, as you identify this is who I am, as you, you know, worry more about your approving of yourself more than the approval of other people, as you journey through that and really step into that, your confidence will grow. Oh, I think so. Absolutely. I know that through many years of coaching and working with women and in uh, leadership and working with them that this is something across the board at all different ages. And uh, it is not uncommon at all. I think one of the, uh, one of my favorite uh, people to really speak into this with such clarity was Dr. Murray Howe at one of your one day conferences of Legion Life. And he said, we need to know our worth. And I wrote down in the workbook, God made you for a specific way for a specific purpose and then he said you don't have to be Gordie Howe or Oprah or anyone else that we look up to we just need to own our own unique talents and passions and when you get that clarity then you get rid of the comparison and you can just step out in that confidence. Mm, you just took me back to that day that was such a magical day wasn't it to have him there and to share the story and his wisdom of his father. And he's just honestly one of my idols and has become one of my mentors. He's just such an, a remarkable person. And for the listeners in the audience, if you haven't checked out that episode yet, um, we do, I do actually do an interview. I can't remember the number of it, but it's the nine lessons he learned from his father with Dr. Murray Howe. So please go and check that out. It's a, it's a real special one. 
Now, um, I love what you've said here, and actually you've reminded me of something because just this morning a Facebook memory came up. Uh, so funny how it all works out. And uh, the memory popped up about a conference that I spoke at, or an event I spoke at last year on this very day. And uh, it was a small community that had invited me to come to their community to contribute to, you know, positive mental health. And it was just, I had no idea what to expect. And I, I got there and it was wall to wall people. The event was called Be the Best You. And I just really touched on the basics of really growing in confidence, being the best you that you can be. And, um, you know, at every speaking engagement, I always go into it with the intention of I want to share something that's going to impact people and help them change their lives for the better. And um, the room was full. There was everyone from children to elderly people there, men and women, families were there. It was beautiful. Anyway, at the end of the event, I um, sat down to sign some books and people were kind of lined up for that. And this little girl cut right through the front of the line like she didn't wait in line. She cut right through the front of the line to where I was, stood there in front of me and she paused for a second. She was really quiet, just standing there in front of me. And then she piped up and said, I'm not gonna talk mean to myself anymore. It was so special because I felt like, wow, my job was done. Like that's what she took away from it. And I think that's really kind of the foundation of what you're talking about here, about how we speak to ourselves and how kind we are to ourselves and how we value ourselves. And that's where confidence really starts to be born. Oh yes, I totally agree. Now, could we talk about how people can get there? So I know you've got five steps, five ways that people can ignite their confidence. Do you kind of want to walk us through the steps and let's begin this journey, you know, with our audience today? Love to. I really feel that the most important and the foundation and the beginning is the clarity of how our past impacts our present and because it impacts our present is going to impact our future and the awareness of how that has brought us to today and identifying uh, that past but also taking that one step further and identifying what are your core values today and what are the passions that are unique to you that allow you to begin to live in alignment and stop that feeling of disconnection. When you are so clear on your core values, it helps you to understand some of those uh, events, some of those um, experiences that you have had. And when you can put it into your present, it brings that, that clarity. Um, it also helps you to understand what, what are the deepest values to yourself. So one of my core values would be being the best. And that does not mean, that might mean something different to someone else than it does to me. It doesn't mean being the best at whatever I do. It means being my best at what I do. And so that can change the meaning of it. And so when you can get that clarity and uh, you can really understand that uh, the process and the fact that all your events and experiences in your past have led you to today. And now how do you want to move forward? Then you can start to step into that. I like that. So you gave us one example of a core value. I think that this is something that, you know, although we might live our lives with value, we maybe don't think about it, you know, like specifically, like what are my values? Could you give us a few more examples of what a core value would be so that people might be, take this first step to clarity? Sure, I can give you what I have identified as my top five values. And I really feel that you put your core values together with your passions. And that helps you to see how that lives out in your life. So if you look at my top five, which are being the best, relationships, totally is apparent in my coaching. I mean, that's why I love coaching. Faith, loyalty, and enthusiasm. You can see in how I live my life and what really lights me up and what I love to do the most, you can see those values in my passion of helping women live fearlessly. So the relationships and the enthusiasm is often how I engage with other women 
Uh, people have said to me that I am able to disarm people in a conversation. And so that is the relationship and the enthusiasm coming out. And being my best is how I approach my every day, um, how I approach the passions that I am living out, and whether I actually am intentional to live those passions out and why I want to live them out. Does that help? It does. That's such an important part of this conversation, I think, um, because when I reflect on my own confidence and where it really came from, because I would honestly say for the first 45 years of my life, I was not confident. <laughs> I was not a confident person. And I know outwardly people saw me as confident, but I wasn't. And the clarity of really knowing who I was and what I stood for and what was important to me gave me the ability to feel like I am um, a good person underneath it all. And almost owning that to the point that I try to do my best and I try to be authentic. I really try to be honest. I try to be empathetic. And, you know, by kind of identifying those values, I was able to almost put it together like, you know, overall, I'm a pretty good person. Like, I really try to, to be that. And somehow that brought me to a place of self-love and self-worth to become more confident in who I was. So I'm not sure if that, you know, helps anybody with my sharing my own experience there, but that was kind of part of my journey, I think, with clarity. Now, what's the second point? The second point is conquering the limiting beliefs that you just referred to and negative scripts. I can't tell you how often I hear of uh, people in their 40s and 50s coming into this realization. And one of my passions is because if we can help people understand this younger, wow, it's so much powerful and we can reverse that earlier. So conquering those limiting beliefs are things that we have chosen to believe without realizing that we've chosen to believe them back from years ago. Um, it can be an example is a friend of mine who um, I worked with through my coaching who when she was younger was a good stocky size um, a, a very nice athletic size. But her parents always said to her, someone your size doesn't play volleyball. Someone your size wouldn't play basketball. Someone your size. And she got to be older and that played around in her mind. And so conquering that and shifting that um, really is huge, as well as then celebrating the wins that you have and giving yourself credit for what you accomplish. That is so, so huge. Uh, when I finished my first marathon, I can't tell you the accomplishment I felt and how many limiting beliefs I had to shift in order to do that. A fun part of this is, this is a great story. Um, and it just came to me now, but I think that it will really be helpful. When I first saw a marathon, I didn't really understand what it was like, but I observed it while I was out on a short run. And what I observed was one of those cheering sections while all the family was there holding up the signs. And it was also a place where they got the water and the Gatorade. There was hoses spraying the runners. And I could see these thousands of runners running through this um, this station and they get uh, paper cups of the water and Gatorade. So first they have the water, then they have the Gatorade and you get these paper cups and they take the drink and then they throw the cup. When I ran my marathon in San Diego, I had decided that every time I threw that cup, I was going to throw a limiting belief that I had been choosing to walk by and believing or a negative story that I had with myself. I can't tell you how felt how good I felt by the end of the marathon. It was one of my favorite parts of running, throwing that cup. So if you watch a marathon, you can think of that every time. Yeah, so it's like just uh, throwing it away. That's a good visual. I like that. You actually just reminded me of a story of one of the times that I broke through a limiting belief, and it probably contributed to part of my confidence journey as well, although it was many years ago. I went to a seminar, I think it was in Red Deer. 
can't remember exactly where it was, but you know how you see the breaking of the board? You know, you, you see that on YouTube videos and like they did that exercise. And on one side of the board, you had to write what was holding you back. And on the flip side, you had to put, if you broke through that, what it would, what your life would be like. So we wrote, we each got this pine board and I wrote my limiting belief on the front and on the back I put how it would feel if I broke through that. And then they actually did the exercise where you were supposed to break the board and they put you in groups and everybody is doing it all around and our group was doing it and it was amazing, right? And there was so much energy in the room. People were cheering and loud and you could just, I mean, you could just feel it, it was electric. And then it came my turn and I could not break the board, could not break it. And I even got teary, like I was just like, this was so hard and I was embarrassed. And you know, my group was like, come on, you can do it. And then I hurt my hand trying to do it. And the two guys were holding the board. And anyway, the instructor came and started like coaching me. And I was even more embarrassed because everyone was watching and it was loud. Like you could hear him on the microphone and he was like, what's it going to feel like? And he started doing this coaching kind of like chant to me and was saying, you know, what's it going to be like? Here's your, here's what's holding you back. What's it going to be like on the other side? And almost in one sweep of motion, as he was like coaching me, my hand went up without even thinking. I didn't think about it. And, you know, I broke that board. <laughs> and what was so neat about it? I mean, people just freaked out. It just what makes me emotional <laughs> even thinking about it. And, um, you know, they gave me the board afterwards and, um, <coughs> sorry about the cough and, um, there was blood on it. I wasn't sure if it was my blood or theirs, but there was blood on it. It was like, yeah, this is truly like blood, sweat and tears that went into this. And it was such a big part for me because what you're describing about the marathon is like, if you can just give up the things that are holding you back and just say, that doesn't rule my life anymore. That's not who I am. That's not, I'm going to conquer this. I'm not allowing this to stop me anymore. You will move towards confidence for sure. Totally agree. You know, it's interesting that uh, when kids are young, they have so much confidence. Uh, you know, they'll they'll jump anywhere, they'll do anything, and they think they can be anyone. You probably heard the story of how if you ask a child what they want to become, they'll give things like astronaut and these big things that we as adults would go, oh no, now that you know, don't don't get too excited because that would take a lot of school and it would take a lot of not that many people become astronauts. A great example of this, which is a perfect illustration, is my son Josh and his love of fishing. He had a favorite guy that he would love to watch on TV. He went to all of his shows. Uh, he would go to they had big malls in Toronto that he would go and he would watch him show people how to fish. His name was Dave Mercer from Facts of Fishing and he just loved this guy. Well, he one Christmas decided that he was going to send him a Christmas card. And he said, hey mom, I want a picture of our family because I wanna put the family picture in the card and then I'm gonna put our phone number so that he can call me. And I'm like, now, now Josh, it's not, he's not gonna call you, okay? He's a bit of a celebrity. And he doesn't have the time to call. And I gave him all the reasons. And I was trying to help him not be disappointed. But he was so excited about this. So I said, here's a picture. We'll put it in. But trying to set up that he wouldn't be disappointed. Well, guess what happened Christmas morning? He had just left the house. And I get this phone call. And I ask who it is that's calling for Josh. And he said, it's Dave Mercer. And I'm like, oh, come on. I thought it was my brother-in-law joking around and I gave him a bit of a hard time. And he's like, no, really, it's Dave Mercer. Your son sent me a Christmas card with a family picture in it and gave me his phone number. And he described it so perfectly. I'm like, I can't believe this is who it is. And so I apologized to him, explained how much it would mean to my son and asked him if he would call the next day when Josh would be home. And you know what? He did. And that taught me, A, not to tell my son he can't do something, but it helped me realize how we as adults so often 
in our attempt to help kids be realistic can start to give them that language that they can't accomplish something. You know, it reminds me of the movie, The Pursuit of Happiness, which is a, a real life story. And I always remember the line in the movie that says, don't let anyone else tell you, you can't do something, including me. And it was the father that was saying that to him. And so I just love that story of Dave Mercer. And it's such a fun memory, but he called. You don't ask, yeah. don't get. That is such a great story. I love it. And kudos to you, Dave Mercer, seriously. How amazing is that? And I think that really demonstrates such a good example and a really good lesson for everybody who's influencing children or influencing other people. There's power in our words and Sometimes it's our own limitations that we're imposing onto other people when we try to do this reality and we might have good intentions, but be careful because you really don't know what else is possible and we don't want to kill anybody else's confidence, especially our children. Hey guys, it's me Corliss. I'm just wondering, has life been getting you down a bit? With all the uncertainty of the times, I think it's easy to lose sight of your personal power and I wanted to create something to support you. My digital course is coming soon. It's called Powerless to Empowered, how to take back your life in any situation and I would love to get it into your hands. This is a unique personal development program that you can work at your own pace in the comfort of your own home. You can change your life through your thoughts, decisions, and actions, and this program will provide you with the training, tools, and inspiration to do that. Get on the list now for release day by texting the word EMPOWERED to 306-961-3379. We'll make sure you get notified first when it's ready and give you a $100 discount code for being the first to take action. Can I just say one more thing there, Corliss, because I think it's important and it goes back to the story is what language are we using and what language are we using with ourselves? But not only that, what language are we using with those around us? Are we using the victim or fixed language that talks about we, I can't because I can't control it? Or are we using the leader growth mindset and language of okay, how can I? Let's look at doing that. Or I'm going to put that out there. Might not turn out, but I can and take that step. So sorry for that. I thought that was an important, important addition there. Yeah. And you know what? That actually pulls it together to that little girl who stood in front of me at the book launch and was like, I'm not going to talk mean to myself anymore. You know, that's just so big. Like as parents, perhaps one of the things that we do is expose our children to, you know, positive messaging so that they can shift their language. I mean, uh, that mother that day, I mean, I said to her, like, what a great thing you did to bring your daughter here and look what she took away. And hopefully that's impacting her still today. I might even actually circle back and, and see how that little girl's doing actually <laughs> you know kind of like a Dave Mercer because I think we all have the power to influence and impact other people and we just have to get really intentional with our actions and if you're a public figure of some sort which we all are to some degree because we're all in social media you know perhaps use that power for good which I talk about an awful lot so yeah I, I like that I like it a lot thanks for bringing that up so don't apologize at all now step number four I would love that for sure she would. And I think I'm going to do that, actually. No, I don't think. I'm going to make a commitment to do that. So everybody that's listening to this podcast, you can expect an update from me. I'm going to seek out who that little girl was and her mom, and I am going to make sure that I connect with her and see how she's doing with not talking mean to herself. Step number four. Let's move forward. Okay. I think we're at step number three, though, but that's okay. Oh, okay, great. Is It is that we have a choice. Oh, I think this is so powerful. I love this part of it. Um, I, I very much um, love to put on my social media kinds of posts that show that we have a choice. Every day we get to choose. And so there's some tools in that um, that I love to use. Gratitude is the first one. I think gratitude is the most powerful one because gratitude changes our perspective. Our perspective is how we um, view the world around us. And when we are focusing on gratitude, it changes how we view the world around us and then changes our mindset. But there's tools that we can do with that. And gratitude is huge. 
Um, you can write gratitude anywhere you want. You can write it in a journal. You can write it on post-it notes. You could do it in notes on your phone. You could do it as a reminder in your phone, which is the next tool as I do that. There are um, triggers that you can use to intentionally show up. And there's all kinds of ways you can use your phone with this. I actually have alarms set on my phone. I heard this through Brendan Bouchard on a podcast, but he talked about setting an alarm and then attaching a word to it. So if you at different times in your day wanted to make sure that you were showing up in a certain way, you could put that word on the phone and that would help you to be reminded to be that person. Another great one, I heard this through him as well, and I use this one a lot, is to use the door frame as a trigger as to walking into something and how do you wanna show up? What is your choice in how you wanna show up in that? So if I was walking into a meeting, I could think ahead of time, how do I wanna show up in this meeting? Do I want to be um, someone who is encouraging others to be their best? Um, is it a hard meeting and you know that there's gonna be different dynamics showing up and you want to be intentional ahead of time? to be able to handle that your best, you could use it for family get-togethers. And so I have used this a lot where I'm like, I am showing up at this family get-together and embracing being with my nieces. That's gonna be my focus and that's gonna be my only focus. And so I've used the door frame for that. Um, journaling is another one because writing something down gets the thoughts out of your head and onto the paper and just brings again that word clarity um, and can really help you to have another dimension as to what are you going to be doing, what do you want to be doing and how do you want to um, take action steps moving forward? How do you wanna be intentional in that? Another favorite is time blocking. Now this one is a huge one for me because again, it frees up your mind. If you write something down in a very specific time, then you don't need to worry about it as, you know, it's a little bit different than a, a to-do list where you've got the whole things on the to-do list. It's like taking the to-do list and putting it in very specific time slots. You are making a promise to yourself or you're setting an appointment with yourself to do a certain thing at a certain time. And a great illustration with this is um, a group of women that I was coaching during a leadership program and we would have coaching calls and they had, we would get together once a month and they had homework and reading that they needed to do before they came to the um, Saturday when we would all get together and they had to hand it in. The coaching calls were designed to help them through some of that work that they needed to do. And on this one coaching call, we were on there and they were all getting stressed out because they didn't think they had enough time to get their homework done. In the questioning and the talking, I realized that most of them had read the book and were read far enough into the book to be able to do the assignment, which is what was stressing them out was the assignment. And so we talked about it and we said, do you actually have enough time? And they agreed they did, but they were worried about, you know, it, it was such a big thing in their mind because they were thinking about the whole thing. They weren't thinking of tonight, I'll do um, the outline of the homework or I'll do, uh, I'll read one chapter. And so we not only broke it down, but we realized that we could change up the steps. They had read enough to do the homework. And so they could do the homework and then finish reading the book before they went to the day when we would all be together. And that just settled them. So same idea, if we have something big to do, break it down. What can you do every day in the next week to accomplish what you want to accomplish in the week and put that into time slots? So. Um, another great example is don't answer emails all day. Answer emails from eight to nine. And you don't have to think about it all day long. You've already got that commitment with yourself and that assignment to be able to put it in then. And you don't have to think about it at 10 o'clock in the morning answering emails because you've got a time slot set aside for that. Uh, so those are some of the great ways that we can show up and tools that we can use and know that we have a choice every day how we're going to show up and what are we going to do to make sure that that happens. Mm -hmm. 
Well, those are all really good tools and basically small accomplishments will bring you confidence, right? So connecting that to confidence. So I think that's really what I'd really like the audience to get. And I actually want to add something else in here because uh, surprise, surprise, I'm always wanting to add something, but something comes to mind uh, right now. And I think it's interesting because I made a mistake and said number four when we're actually on number three. And reflecting on my own journey of confidence, normally that would have bothered me. And I would have lacked confidence, say, as a podcast host because, oops, I made a mistake. And in my own journey of finding my confidence, one of the biggest things for me, I think, was giving up the need to be perfect and that making mistakes was normal and almost embracing the perfectly imperfect. It's okay if I make a mistake. And I wanted to bring that up now because I made a mistake introducing this, this number, like in the flow of our conversation. And it just triggered me to think about my own journey with confidence that that is for sure one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had, that it was like, you know what, we're all human. We're doing the best that we can. And if we make a mistake, it's all right. And we're perfectly imperfect and we'll learn from it and we'll keep moving forward. And really the root of why I was really wanting to do things perfectly was because I was always trying to gain approval of the outside world to become confident, my, to become confident. And that's how I knew that I was good, you know, and I couldn't ever be really confident in myself because I was always looking outside of me to get that confidence and you're never going to get it there. It actually begins with you. And one of my breakthroughs was giving up that need to get that approval and uh, make mistakes um, was part of that, like that it was okay embracing that and understanding it was okay to make mistakes and accepting myself anyways because of it, which really goes back to your step one and two. So Janice, are we on step number four now? <laughs> <laughs> we are. I love that word. I love the two words together, perfectly imperfect. And um, as a woman, I, I love when other women are perfectly imperfect because I can relate to that. I can't relate to perfection. And so it helps me to go, oh, I can also do um, things because Cordis doesn't have to be perfect. And she was vulnerable enough to share that with me. So thank you for that. I think that's a huge, a huge part of our growth and uh, becoming the best we can be. Um, yeah, so step four is consistency. And uh, Cordis, you just touched on this already. It's the steps. It's the consistent steps moving forward and not big steps. They can be little steps, one step at a time. And uh, one of the things I love to do is encourage people, think of the steps and then think of one more. Do one more than what you have already thought of. You know, when I was training for uh, my marathons and running, I didn't just get up one morning and go out and run a marathon. It took years. And I had to, um, you know, I started running a couple of kilometers. Well, a marathon's over 40 kilometers. I had to do practice. I had to do short runs, long runs, um, runs up hills. Um, runs that had intervals with speed in them. I had to watch my nutrition. I had to know what to eat, what not to eat, when to eat. I had to be very careful at stretching. Uh, when I was doing long runs and I was building up, I tried to do, um, I was running in neighborhoods at the time as I was training and I tried to do one more house. If I had already done a certain length, I knew I could do that. So now I wanted to do one more step. And all those steps and all those baby steps doing one more house, you know what? I finished a marathon. I can't tell you the accomplishment. Uh, it, it makes me emotional. And when I watch on TV, when people do marathons or I watch friends cross it, I get emotional every time because I know what goes into it. And you would be amazed if you take baby steps over even a month you'd look back and go, wow, I didn't think I could do that, but I, I did that. And you did it because you did one step at a time. So consistency, absolutely. That movement helps you to know you can do it and you need that, that moving forward and it builds the confidence as you do it. 
Oh my goodness, you have no idea how much I love this. When I think back, because I think part of building confidence in my own journey as well, was being able to really acknowledge myself, those small wins that you referenced earlier, and you know, instead of just pushing through, like next thing, next thing, next thing. And, um, you know, to, but to really sit with it and be like, whoa, look at what I just did. Like, that was awesome. I'm growing and acknowledging that that is going to, that is going to feed into your confidence and, you know, um, I guess becoming more confident every time that you sit there with an accomplishment of whatever it is and go, I did it. And I took that step and then one more step and like, wow, I did it. And then you'll become confident that you can do anything you want to. Absolutely. I'm thinking about your marathon and you're like the third guest now that I've had that is like, oh, I ran a marathon and I have friends who run marathons and like for the audience, you guys all know, but if you've listened to any episodes, I don't like running. <laughs> I have absolutely no desire to run a marathon, but every time I listen to a guest, I'm like, okay, hey, this keeps coming up. Maybe I'm supposed to run a marathon run your own marathon it might be it'll be a marathon but it might not be a running marathon <laughs> there thanks janice thanks for giving me permission on that okay next step let's move forward we're doing so good everyone so next step is the fifth step in community and you did such a beautiful example of this when you did your perfectly imperfect because community is a huge part to building confidence because we are stronger together. When I was training for the first run I ever was going to do, it's, there's a long story behind it. And I observed that marathon. I came home. I was in a store. A stranger said something to me that was not flattering. And I went home and I'm like, that's it. I'm running that marathon I just observed, which was the San Diego Marathon. And I did. I ran back and I read that one. I ran that one. But it started with a group of friends. I expressed it to a friend and she said, you know what, you could run with us and we could build up to that. And the fact that I had people waiting for me early in the morning and that we were all doing it together was a huge part of taking those steps forward. I still probably could have done it on my own, but it probably wouldn't have happened as fast either. I also, you know, I use the story of my son with Dave Mercer in the Christmas card and that incredible confidence he had. Well, fast forward about five, six years. And then I found myself saying to him, because remember, he's getting older and I'm telling him he can't do things. Well, I'm not telling him anymore, but um, just life. You start believing those limiting thoughts and those negative stories. I found myself saying to him, Josh, if you don't think and you don't have enough confidence for yourself, borrow my confidence in you until you have enough of your own. And I actually have um, told quite a few friends that borrow my confidence in you because I think you can do it. And sometimes that is um, an acute, uh, incredible benefit of community. Also community brings into the fact that there's a group of us who are all individuals. And when we can really live who we were made to be in a group, and we don't have that comparison, which is as we grow in confidence, that comparison starts to go. As we become much more confident in who we are, we no longer need to be someone else. And so when you are in a community, you know your why, and you can be involved, you can serve as, as your best, then it just brings out more confidence because you are working with other people they are working with you and you become so much more of a team. So that encouragement, that support, that's why Facebook groups uh, can be so popular and can be so effective because we can engage with one another as individuals and become a stronger team. So that is a big part of building your confidence. Oh, so good. So good. And if you don't have a community, it's out there. I know like with Corliss.ca and Corliss uh, Co community, we have so many things in place to be able to support you and really for every budget as well. Now, having said that, um, one of the things that I really think is key that you said is that often we can see things in other people that we just don't see in ourselves. We're just not quite there and why I think community is so important. So agree. I absolutely 
100% agree. So if there's anything else, um, is there, like, I'm, I have my closing questions that I always ask, Janice, and everything that you shared today is just so powerful, and I really hope that it helps the audience to really understand their, their confidence journey. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Oh, just this strong encouragement to be so clear on who you are. Um, if you want to give me goosebumps, I will get goosebumps when I watch someone being them. You know how you look at someone and they're doing something and people observing can say, oh, that is so you. That gives me goosebumps. And uh, that's, why, that's why it's my passion um, to help women do that. But have that clarity. Know who you were made to be because you don't have to be anyone else. Mm, so good. And you know, if you don't have that yet, I want to give you a little tool that I've referenced before, but this was also, again, part of my confidence journey was this, you know, who am I? Who am I? Like trying to reinvent myself and stand in my own, you know, imperfectness and like, who am I? Call myself to be that every day. And I wrote out on a recipe card that I use still, it's kind of tattered even. And uh, if we weren't just on audio, I'd be able to show it to you. But I have the words I am on this card and it says I am a leader, I am generous, I am authentic and it's all the things that I am and that I call myself to be and it's just a reprogramming of how I feel about myself and the old conversations and the old stories that I told myself. I'm just using that as a tool to reprogram myself. So I would encourage the audience, you know, based on everything that Janice has shared here, grab a piece of paper and write out five I am's or 10 I am this and who you are. It'll help you decide who you are at your best and then just go out and be that person confidently as much as you can live to that, live to those words. If you want to stump a woman and get her thinking, ask her if she knows who she is with using any roles that she has. So she can't say mom, she can't say teacher, she can't say administrator, she can't say accountant. Who are you without any of those roles? And um, that is one of the uh, biggest encouragements that I can give you to really make sure you get clear on because that's when the power shifts. Okay, so good. Like, I love every word that you just said. Now, Janice, if people want to connect with you, where can they do so? Oh, a few different ways. Of course, you can always go to the website, janastone.ca. I am in the process and super excited that we are 100% revamping our website. So just keep that in mind. Um, it will be brand new uh, probably in a couple of weeks. So janastone.ca. And you could email me anytime at janice at janastone.ca as well. So easy to remember. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Awesome. Love it. Great, great, great. Now the three closing questions. Ready? I am. What does leadership mean to you? As I thought about this, the word authenticity came to me. And that goes right back to the clarity of knowing who we were, but authentically leading from your strengths. And you showed us that today, Corliss, when you mentioned you are perfectly imperfect. There is so much strength in that. And there's so much encouragement. And that's when you become a leader because you start to influence those who heard it. So when you are authentic and you are leading out of your natural strengths, to me, that's leadership. Whether you're a leader um, as a manager or whether you're a leader in business or whether you are a leader as a mom or uh, a leader as a CEO or standing in a line in a store. Uh, when you are authentic and you lead from your natural strengths, then uh, you have influence. Mm, that's so good. And thank you for that compliment. It actually means a lot to me. Thank you. Now with um, a podcast or a book, I mean, there's so many resources out there in the world and I recognize this is probably a hard question, but usually there's, you know, one book or one podcast that's really relevant for you right now or relevant to our conversation or that was a game changer for you. So is there anything you wanted to recommend in reference to a book or a podcast? Okay, this was the hardest question for me and it is very sincerely uh, and it's a good thing this is audio and not video because you would see the pile of books in my office, but it is a bit of a problem. 
So it was really hard for me to come to one. And what I came to, and I'm like, yeah, that's it, is biographies. And I get so much out of biographies and help me. Um, they really, when I know uh, journeys other people take, how long it took them to be able to accomplish something, because we tend to look at other people and we think it was just easy for them, no problem. Um, but if I had to pick one biography, I actually um, think of a friend of mine, her name is Cindy, and she, uh, when she was in her, I don't know how old she was, she had two kids, she had a, a newborn, and she became a quadruple amputee from the flesh eating disease. And her book, and it's called Shine On, and how she does that, it, it just helps me <laughs> if I'm having a bad day, it's like, really, is my day a bad day? because it helps you to have the perspective of what others go through. And again, it puts you right into that gratitude and it just gives you uh, incredible uh, framing for your mindset. And so biographies always help me, always inspire me and always help me to show up better. You're the first guest to say that. And I like how you summarized it and how you found a way confidently to not just do one book. <laughs> Well done, Janice. There's confidence for you. I like it. Okay. okay. Oh, the problem. My daughter puts me on book freezes. So she says, you can't buy any more books until you read the ones you have. But most of my books are leadership and um, personal development. And but I love the biographies. Yeah, yeah the, the stories, stories of others. others. Okay, the final closing question based on all of the highs and all of the lows that you've experienced in your life and that we all experience. If you could only leave the audience with one piece of advice, what would you want to leave them with? Well, if I took everything together and I took all the five points and the steps together, I would encourage you to fearlessly and boldly be who you were made to be. And fearlessly does not mean you have absolutely no fear, but it means you're going to walk through it. So live, live who you were made to be boldly. That's my biggest encouragement. Great stuff. Thank you so much for being here today, Janice. I've enjoyed this conversation and I have no doubt that our audience did as well. Thank you, Corliss. I always enjoy chatting with you and um, we always find that time disappears. So thank you so much for the honor of being on here today. You're very welcome. Take good care, everyone. If you enjoyed this episode and it brought you value, make sure and share it with a friend or screenshot it and post it to your Instagram story or Facebook, tagging me at Corliss Co. I know the most precious of all commodities is your time, and I want to thank you all very much for spending this time with me today. Remember, you have the power to lead. Know your worth, embrace your value, see you have purpose, and be the leader you are meant to be.